From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. Welcome into another edition of the SIC PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, covering everything Southern Idaho Conference, 5A and 4A. I'm Brandon Bainey, alongside Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, how's it going? It's going great. I mean, I tell you what, getting that first week of football under your belt is really important. Getting it done, that's what I needed to have happen. Yeah, you had a Thursday game, a Friday game. Uh, similar this week, uh, except we'll add Boise State duties to the uh, lineup as well. Yeah, I've got a Thursday pregame show at Boise State as they get ready for UCF and a big rivalry game, even though they've never played a game against each other. And then I've got Ridgeview uh, taking on um, Timberline. Uh, and then I've got uh, Centennial taking on Meridian on Friday night. So we'll talk about those a little bit later on. But I want to just talk about, if I can, jump right into the two games I did last week because both were exciting. You know, we had Capital and Nampa to start things off on Thursday night. And that game was 21-21 going into the fourth period. It got really dicey for Capital, you know, 5A playing 4A. But, uh, you know, Capital came up with a couple of big plays and ended up getting 14 points in the fourth quarter, winning it 35-21. And then on Friday night, Meridian jumped to a 13-0 lead at Mountain View. And Mountain View come roaring back with a couple of touchdowns in the third period and won it 14-13, and nobody scored in the fourth quarter. So a couple of good games, a couple of fun things to get things kicked off with. Yeah, that Meridian Mountain View game was uh, lived up to the billing. We thought it was going to be a matchup of two teams that are contenders. And Meridian, you know, if they make a couple kicks, they missed an extra point and they missed a field goal uh, that could have given them the lead at the very end. You know, we might be talking about a different outcome. They really did. You know, Arsenal, their kicker, he's a right-footed kicker. And for some reason, they left it on the left hash mark and they didn't move it into the center of the field. He had plenty of leg. That thing could have been good from about 50 yards, literally, but it was wide left, and if they put it in the middle of the field, I think Arsenault, you know, hits the game winner, and all of a sudden Meridian's 1-0, and Mountview's looking like they did last year, losing their opener. But, hey, you know, it's all about, you know, getting the breaks, and the bottom of the line, it was wide left, and so here comes Mountview at 1-0 on the year. So did did Mountain View impress you? I know they're a team that people think might win the SIC this year. How did they look? You know, what's really funny, I was more impressed by Meridian, but Meridian just didn't, you know, keep it going. I mean, I think they missed some scoring opportunities. Uh, and then, of course, uh, their quarterback, Malachi Martinez, got hurt really late in that game. Uh, he did not finish the final series, and it was kind of quiet. It just kind of – the other quarterback snuck in there really for the last couple of plays, and all of a sudden Martinez wasn't there. Uh, and I don't know what his status is for the game coming up against Centennial on Friday night. So, you know, everybody's kind of hush-hush about that. And uh, so we, especially John Zamberlin over, uh, you know, Meridian hasn't said much. He's a college coach, so he's used to that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But I was actually more impressed with Meridian. I thought Meridian would actually win that game. They look solid. But I got to hand it to Mountview. They came back. And, in fact, what's really interesting, Brandon – is in that third period, they came out looking like a different team. They ran the ball up the middle, and they used about two plays, a run up the middle, a little pass out into the flat, and they they got her done. I mean, Quinton, uh, Quintez Evans had 22 carries. I believe he had 131 yards and a touchdown. And they also had a kid named Dallas Slocum, Mountain View did, who scored on a 22-yard touchdown run. So those were the two touchdowns, both in the third period. I 
Mountain View is going to be good, but I was more impressed opening night with Meridian, but they didn't win. So go figure on that one. That's the way it goes sometimes. And yeah, you're right. Meridian sometimes is like Fort Knox in, in terms of trying to get information out of it. Pretty tight <laughs> yeah, lip. for sure. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Let's let's revisit that Thursday game. That was a matchup of uh, Zubak's Dark Horses, Capital against Nampa. And as you said, it was actually really close heading into that final quarter. Yeah, it really was. 21-21. Nampa was right there. Capital was right there. And, and the problem, the bottom line is, it's all about special teams. And in that game, at the very end, Nampa's, you know, long snapper had some problems. He was very slow getting the ball back. And so Capital saw that. So they came in there and a kid named Josh Summers was able to block a punt, which was or a kick, which was returned for a touchdown. And a little later on, because he was trying to get a, the Nampa long snapper, trying to get a little bit more oomph on the ball, he really gave it the old college try. And unfortunately, he snapped it about 10 yards behind the kicker. And uh, Capital recovered at the 13 and a few plays later scored. And that was the difference in the game. So two miscues on special teams. And unfortunately, both on the long snapper. But, you know, um, they'll get better. Nampa was right there. It's a 5A versus 4A, and you were right. I had Capital as my 5A dark horse, Nampa as my 4A dark horse. I thought both looked really good. And, uh, again, it was one of those games that I thought Nampa could have won. And maybe, I won't say should have, but I think they could have won. And uh, But, you know, Capital did what they needed to do to get that victory in the book. Yeah, we we talked up Nampa a lot heading into the season. We thought they had really good potential, and not not a lot of people were. I think they were sleeping on Nampa a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe this this opening week performance will will open some eyes in terms of what the Bulldogs can do this year. Yeah, I, I they, were, yeah. they were six and three last year. So I mean, you know, they're not a six and three team is not somebody you sleep on, and they went into the playoffs. So, but uh, they they came out and gave Capital all Capital could handle. That's for sure. Yeah, they were picked fifth in the preseason coaches poll. I, I think they uh, have potential to be a top three team by the time it's all said and done. What what else stood out to you from the 5A, 4A slate here on the opening weekend, Wayne? You know, what I thought was interesting was when you get the 5A, 4A battles, I thought that Eagle-Bishop Kelly game was just unbelievable. Eagle won at 35-33, to 33, but they in, in winning it, they also lost their leading rusher, Ethan Makita, who carry, he carried the ball twice, the first time for 51 yards and a touchdown the second time for an ACL tear. So, I mean, and he's out for the season. So we, you know, we're sorry to hear that kind of news, but boy, I tell you what, 35, 33 was unbelievable. Uh, great game back and forth. Uh, Bishop Kelly, again, they're going to be a powerhouse in the 4A and obviously Eagles, you know, depending on if they have a backup to Makita, going to be a good team in 5A. Yeah, it was fascinating. The end of that game, Bishop Kelly, we know they love to run the ball and they had the ball uh, down by two with like 30 seconds to go, but they were out of timeouts. They had the ball inside the 10, but they were out of timeouts. So they had to pass the ball, which is not their strength three times into the end zone, missed on all three. They brought out their kicker for a 25-yard uh, yard field goal attempt, uh, Martin Cunnington. He's a sophomore. And just like that Meridian game, hooked it wide left. And so that, that was all she wrote for BK. Yeah, a couple of teams surviving by missed field goals. I mean, we've seen that happen many, many times. But, uh, hey, it, it made for an interesting game. That's the one that really stuck out to me, I think, uh, more than anything else. Uh, everything else was pretty much expected. I thought CUNA did a great job. They went up to Lewiston, got behind big, came back strong, lost 49-31. to 31. But when you go on the road up north like that, a long bus trip, I thought CUNA played very well against Lewiston. 
Uh, Emmett's going to be strong. They beat Boise 42 to seven in the opening week. So how about uh, Owyhee? They, they came out, did not get her done. Centennial won that game 57 to 30. Wild game though. So it's going to be interesting to see how Owyhee, you know, builds on the rest of the year. And it's going to be fun to see Centennial as they take on Meridian this Friday night to see 57 points from Centennial against anybody. It's pretty impressive. So we'll see Centennial taking on. We'll see what Ian Smart's team is uh, all about. When uh, Not Ian Smart's team, I'm sorry. But uh, we'll see what Centennial does against uh, Meridian. Yeah, speaking of Ian Smart's team, Timberline also had a very yeah. nice win over Bora, 49-28. to So you, you always wonder, you know, is, is Timberline that good? Is Bora that down? Is it somewhere in between? And so uh, I think week two is going to be a week where maybe some more questions get answered. Yeah, I was thinking about Ian Smart and Timberline because I've got that game, you know, on Thursday night where they host Ridgeview. Ridgeview, by the way, did not play. And I saw one report that it was not enough players. But in talking with the folks at Timberline, they say it was not enough practices that, you know, Ridgeview could get in because they were short on players early on during the fall camp. So from what I understand, that game is going to be played, Ridgeview at Timberline. And and I do. I agree. Timberline 48-29 over Bora. Uh, you know, Bora is still trying to get back to where they were uh, just a few years ago when they lost a couple of key players. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good ball game. And when can Timberlake put up 48 points, I'm looking forward to seeing them and what they can do on Thursday night. Yeah, the 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 Emmett game stood out to me the most because I thought Boise, I, I thought Boise I had a lot of potential this year, and I thought maybe Emmett had had backslid a little bit. And so I expected that game to be a little closer than it was. But you know, maybe, maybe Emmett, instead of rebuilding, they're just reloading and they're they're set for another deep run. They always find those farm boys up there and they figure they put them out there and they can do stuff. But they had their uh, quarterback coming back, so they had that going for them. And uh, I mean, they, they 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 always have a good team. Emmett is always going to be good. And I know Boise right now is still trying to figure out, you know, their rhythm, what they do. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they respond from that loss. Other uh, scores from the opening weekend, you had Skyview beat Columbia in their annual rivalry game, 41-6. to Caldwell, actually, I thought Wayne competed pretty well against the 3A runner-up from last year, Homedale. They only lost 36-24. to I thought that was pretty impressive for, for the Cougars. And then you had Middleton uh, hosting Elko, Nevada, 40-7. to The Vikings won. Defense was their big problem last year, so to, to only give up seven points is pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree with that one. Middleton looks strong again. I agree with you on Caldwell. You know, Caldwell had struggles last year, as we know, not enough players. They had some great issues, and the coaching staff there was very, you know, open about it. They said, yeah, we've got great issues, and we're going to get our grades up first before we play. And so this year, Caldwell's come out, and you're right, Homedale, runner-up. They lost to Sugar Salem for the third year in a row in the championship game. I did that game. Homedale's got Kinchlow at running back. They got the quarterback back. They got a couple of good wide receivers. So they didn't have to reload. They already had the bullets, you know, in, in the gun to, to make it happen. And 36-24, Caldwell hung right there. So I'm pretty excited about what Caldwell can do. So people told me early, don't sleep on Skyview this year. Well, Skyview just kind of knocked off Columbia and, and said, hey, we are here. 41 to 6 was the final, as you mentioned. So, yeah, I'm excited about all those games and I'm looking forward to what we've got. With that in mind from last week, how about I know you've got a gold star in mind and I've got a gold star in mind. Why don't you go first with your gold star? 
Okay, so yeah, this is a uh, feature we're going to do every week here, Wayne, on the SIC PrepCast, where we we hand out the gold star, or basically it's kind of like the pride sticker yeah. that college teams put on mm-hmm. the helmet. Uh, we're, we're awarding outstanding performances, and it's not always going to be the quarterback who threw for five touchdowns. Sometimes <laughs> it's going to be the offensive lineman who helped keep a clean pocket for him. So mm-hmm. it's, it's at our discretion, which I like. I like that power, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and I like who you pick. You know, in one of your games, you, you've got one guy and I've got one guy. So go for it. Okay. So uh, my gold star goes to Josh Summers from Capitol. He is uh, a defensive lineman and he played really well. You know, he had a couple of sacks in that game against Nampa. And then, as you mentioned earlier, uh, he was the one who blocked that punt that led to mm-hmm. the touchdown that really boosted capital on their way to the win late in the game and so a couple of sacks from summers that huge blocked punt i thought he really made a big impact uh, on the game and so uh, josh summers from capital gets my gold star well you mentioned it to me the other day and told me that's who you wanted to go with i absolutely agreed with you because he just really disrupted everything he was a he was a a disruption of the force all night long and everywhere you look josh summers was there so good call the other thing i want to tell you about is that my guy was on a losing team, all right? So it's not always going to be the winner. It's not going to be there. But I cannot overlook uh, Seth Knott from uh, Bishop Kelly on the night he had. He had five touchdowns. He had 307 total yards. He had 205 yards rushing. He scored every Bishop Kelly touchdown. And when you told me how that game ended, because, you know, I was doing the other game, so I didn't really hear all about it. I wasn't really there. I'm like, why didn't you just hand it off to Knott? You know, why not? That that's kind of my new new saying is that if you're BK, I would be up there yelling, "Why not?" You know, go with him. But uh, that's my gold star, Seth Knott from uh, Bishop Kelly. Five touchdowns, 307 total yards. Uh, he was just dominant for the Knights, and boy, I tell you what, people are going to have to watch out for him all year long. Yeah, that's kind of the crux of going up against Bishop Kelly. Uh, you know what they're going to do. If you can stop Knott, you win the game. But problem is, that's really hard to do. So. <laughs> There's something else. I mean, and when they can give Eagle all the problems, and of course now Eagle's got that situation with Ethan Makita, as we talked about, uh, with him out for the year. You hate to see anybody lose their, you know, leading rusher and or somebody who had a potential to be their leading rusher all season in the first game of the year. Not what you want to see. Yeah. So let's look ahead to what's coming up this weekend in uh, SIC football. We'll start with the game Thursday night at Donna Larson Park. Wayne, you're going to have the call on IdahoSports.com, audio-only broadcast. Ridgeview making their season debut against Timberline, who's 1-0. Yeah, and I'm really worried about this game because Ridgeview, of the situation they didn't play last week because of either a lack of players or a lack of practices, whichever it was. So they're coming in against a Timberline team that opened up with a 48-29 win over Bora. Uh, Ian Smart's got it going there at Timberline. I think they were one of those that I really considered for one of my, uh, you know, teams that could make some noise without, you know, I mean, you didn't want to sleep on Timberline. So Timberline could very easily be 2-0 and going up against Ridgeview. So hopefully Ridgeview's got it together. Maybe the extra practices under their belts, they get in there. The game is at Donald Larson Park, so it, they got to travel. Ridgeview does all the way from that, you know, Valley View area into um, into uh, downtown Boise. So I think Timberline probably there be my pick to win that game, and we'll see how it goes. And the other game I've got is uh, on Friday night, Centennial at Meridian. This should be interesting because Centennial, as we mentioned, one opening night against Hawaii, 57-30. Meridian, they lost that game to Mountain View. They got to be hurting, but they also may not have a quarterback. 
We don't know if Malachi Martinez is ready to rock and roll. I don't know what it is. So I don't want to speculate. And like I say, uh, nobody's really talking about it. So I really haven't gotten any intel. But he did get hurt, did get banged up. It may just be that, you know, he was banged up. Maybe they were just putting him into a concussion protocol. Again, I do not know. But if they do not have him, that will be a different Meridian team because Malachi Martinez is a really, really good quarterback. And if they have him, I think it'll be one whale of a game against Centennial. Yeah, I think regardless of whether Malachi Martinez is there or not, if if Meridian really wants to take that next step and wants to be, you know, have that seat at the table all the way through dessert, like you said a couple weeks ago, (laughs) I I think regardless, um, the running game has to be a strength with Cross Antonacci. Uh, I think he is the whole key to what Meridian is going to be able to do this year. When you asked me who I was impressed with, the reason I was impressed with Meridian, you talk about Antonacci and what he did, okay? He's a great running back. But did you – See the receivers that Meridian has. They've got three wide receivers, 163, 164, 164. I mean, college coaches would die to have a receiving core that big. I mean, and when you look at them from the press box, no less, they look huge. So, I mean, they, they've they got some size. They've got some speed. They've got a good offensive line. And that's why I was surprised they did not win that game. I don't know that they utilize those big receivers enough against Mountain View in that ball game. But I think I think you're right. I think Meridian will beat Centennial at home on Friday night. Yeah. And Centennial, it'll be fun to see what they do with Keon Horton at quarterback. Obviously, they put up 57 points against Hawaii. So they got a little juice going too. that should be a fantastic matchup. The third SIC game we're going to bring to you this Friday night. It'll be a video broadcast at Middleton as the Vikings host the Minico Spartans. Wayne Minico is the preseason favorite over in District 4 for 4A football. They're already off to a 2-0 start. And so for Middleton, this is a good early test to see where they stack up with teams from other conferences around the state. Oh, yeah, this is what I call my M&M game. It's kind of sweet, like chocolatey, you know, just melts in your mouth. You got to love it. But Minico and Middleton, uh, M&M, Middleton uh, 1-0, and Minico 2-0. So a couple of undefeated teams. Sure, it's early in the season. You can hype it too much, but I think it's uh, worth the hype. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and should be fun to watch on uh, idosports.com. Yeah, Logan Green will have the broadcast there in two totally different styles of offense. Middleton goes four wide, slings it around. Minico goes into the wing tee. They just pack it in, and, you know, if they throw five times a game, it's probably a a career night. (laughs) You know, the thing of it is, though, teams that do that, they somehow find the guys that they can fit into those positions that will make it work. So and when you run an offense like that, it's like like what Valley View does. You know Valley View is going to run at you. They're going to use a little bit of option. And so you've got an option quarterback. You know what you've got to stop. And when they get somehow they get the talent to, you know, make it tough to stop. So that's a good one. Minico at Middleton. Eagles going to be down at CUNA. We'll see if CUNA can rebound from that loss up north to Lewiston. And we'll see what Eagle can do. Uh, Capital of Hawaii. Hawaii's hosting their first ever high school football game. And that should be kind of fun to see, uh, you know, what Capital can do. Capital want to know Hawaii 0-1 going on the road. So it'll be interesting to see what Hawaii has. Yeah, I think the big matchup outside of the the broadcast schedule that we're doing, a game that a lot of SIC fans are going to want to watch is the annual rivalry game. When we talked about this, Wayne, it's really weird to have it in, in week two of the season, but since they're in opposite pods, that's just the way it works out. But you're going to have Mountain View at Rocky Mountain, 
battle of one and zero teams. See, this is the same thing that happened to Mountain View last year. Although they they opened up with Rocky and then played Meridian, then played Eagle, and lost all three zero and three. This time they opened up against Meridian, won that by a point. Now they're playing Rocky, and you're right. You know, what I mean, and then I think they play Eagle again. So it's like bingo; they're doing it all over, deja vu again. But this time they started with a victory. Now they got to take on Rocky Mountain, a team that uh, beat Highland twelve to seven. Not this last Saturday, but about 10 days ago, they, they opened up the season real early. And so they've kind of taken it easy. They didn't play this past weekend. Uh, so we know that they've got, you know, everything going for them at Rocky Mountain. So Mountain View is going to come in. The big difference is I think Mountain View this, this year feels pretty good about what they can do, where they're at. They got that win. They got a lot of confidence now. So they're going to go into Rocky. That game is at Rocky. So you can have a couple of one and O teams going after one another, but you're right. It's early in the season. I, for one, would love to see these games just a little bit, even mid season, just to give both teams a chance to really get into the flow of what they want to do offensively and defensively, but it's not to be, it'll be a fun game uh, to see how it comes out. Yep. The rest of the uh, schedule this weekend, we've got Nampa at Skyview. That's another one of those uh, rivalry games within the uh, Nampa school district. Uh, we have uh, Columbia hosting Lakeland all the way from Rathdrum. Yeah, yeah, they're making a long trip down here. <laughs> yeah, that's a non-conference game. You've got Caldwell at Boise in a battle of uh, 0-1 teams. So somebody's going to get off the schneid there. And then the other game I wanted to highlight was Emmett. After that impressive win over Boise, he has to turn around and play a 3A state title favorite in Weezer. That's a pair of 1-0 and teams. Weezer looks pretty impressive in their opening weekend. So, again, a big test for Emmett here, the defending uh, for a runner-up from a year ago. Yeah, it is indeed. I, I think Emmett's up to the challenge. I really do. I think they're a very good, solid football team. And, you know, you talked about that Caldwell-Boise game. I mean, that's a game where really both those teams need a victory. I mean, they both need it. Both programs have been struggling. And you, you kind of want to toss a coin and say, okay, you both win, you know, but uh, you can't. So it's going to be interesting. Boise's at Donald Larson Park. And uh, so that's their home. Call will make the trip over. Uh, so I, I like, you know, I, I kind of like Boise in that game, but we'll see. I mean, you know, it's, it's really, I don't much know much about either so early in the season as of yet. Yeah, we'll find out a lot more after that game gets yeah, completed for sure. So uh, now that you've heard Wayne and I kind of give you the insider info on all of these games in the SIC, don't forget uh, the feature the feature we brought back this week to IdahoSports.com. It's our Gridiron Game Picks. Wayne, this is the weekly contest we do where fans and broadcasters alike uh, go in and pick every single high school football game around the state of Idaho, and whoever gets the most games picked correctly wins 25 bucks at the end of the week. That's not a bad deal. Do the broadcasters get money too, or are we just like there for, uh, you know, for? We're just punching bags, Wayne. Okay, I we're think just that... punching bags. Okay, <laughs> we're we're just the thing you measure yourself upon. The so-called yeah. look, I beat the so-called experts, you know. Right. So, uh, we waited a week. We would have debuted it last week, but we wanted to double and triple check and make sure that COVID wasn't going to rear its ugly head again and really mess with the schedule. And so now that we've had a week in the books and we feel like things are progressing somewhat normally, we brought it back this week. It's on the homepage at idahosports.com, the gridiron game picks register a profile. It's super easy to do. And, and then compete against uh, Wayne and myself and Paul Kingsbury and everybody every week. You can win some cold, hard cash. 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? I have to admit, I didn't know it was coming. I didn't see it coming. So I've got to get on there a little bit later today and make my pick. So I will do that. I promise. But I didn't know it was coming and it caught me by surprise. And now I'm like, do I really want to do this? Because I don't know there's somebody out there a lot smarter than me for sure. And I, am I going to look silly? So, you know, you always worry about that. So. I think no matter what happens, Wayne, we'll both do better than Paul. And that's all that matters. You know what? <laughs> when you put it that way, then we're good. We're good. Yeah. I'm feeling confident of that. Hey, we yeah. want to talk. Uh, we just wanted to mention soccer a little bit, I think, before we, you know, we wrap up this podcast. And uh, you were talking about girls soccer, you know, and Rocky Mountain uh, got off to, you know, they, what did they play a Utah school. Yeah. Lone Peak High from Utah. Yeah. I couldn't remember which one it was. Lone Peak High is five games ago, but they played that one. They lost that one. But since then, they won four in a row. So you got to really hand it to them. Four and one Rocky Mountain ladies in 5A SIC soccer. And they've outscored their opposition, Wayne, in those four games, 25 to one. The defending How do you do that? Do you, do you like get six points for a goal, you know, plus you get an <laughs> extra point or something like that? That right. is some, that's some serious scoring in soccer. Yeah, they're the defending 5A champs from Rocky Mountain looking strong once again. But I know uh, there's been impressive teams at the top of the standings in both boys and girls soccer. Yeah, really. Uh, and the girl, I'm speaking, staying with the girls, uh, Mountain View's 3 0, and then Boise and Centennial both 3 1. So they're right there in Capital 3 2. That's the girls' side. Boys' side, 5A SIC, you've got Timberline 4 0 and Bora 3 0. They're the two lone undefeated teams. So, you know, they're, it's early in the season yet. But obviously Timberline on the guys' side and Bora playing well. And Rocky Mountain looking pretty good on the girls' side along with Mountain View. So could be some interesting uh, matchups coming up, and we'll keep you posted on those as well. Yep, and now we're diving into conference play where there's 12 teams in that 5A SIC. They'll all play each other once, and you'll have 11 conference games. So you, get, you only get one shot at it. And so that's, that's what I kind of like about it. Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, you, you always you want more because then, you know, you have to because what you like is you like the home and home. So, you know, so you, wherever you play, like if, if let's say Rocky Mountains playing Mountain View and they're both undefeated still like they are right now. But the game's at Mountain View. You know, you go, oh, man, we, we want a rematch. You know, that's OK if you beat us there, but we want a rematch with you at home. You don't get that. So you got to make it count the first time and the one time you play each other. Yeah. So uh, in the 12 team league, though, you just got to work with what you got and it's oh, yeah. getting bigger and bigger every day. So um, it, it is. You just I mean, you can only play so many games and do so many. There's only so many weekends of the fall. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we are on to week two. We'll have plenty to talk about again here on the SIC PrepCast next week. That'll do it for this uh, this week's edition of the SIC PrepCast. Friendly reminder, you can get this podcast four different ways, audio only, at our website, idahosports.com. Across the top at the homepage, you'll see the PrepCasts tab. It's got a drop-down menu. You just click on SIC PrepCast, and you can listen to it right there. You can also download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. You can also watch the video if you want to see Wayne's magnificent hair. I saw, I saw you before we went on. You were kind of adjusting those couple hairs in the front making sure they were in place no i rode my motorcycle to kby to do some stuff today and i got back and i looked at it and went oh man helmet here you know so <laughs> i'm just messing with it you know looks yeah so if you want to see wayne's helmet hair you can uh check out the video of this prep cast on the idahosports.com facebook page as well as our youtube channel so uh wayne i'm excited another uh, great slate of games and we'll have plenty to talk about again next week oh absolutely looking forward to it brandon thanks buddy all right. We'll see you next week. 
Sounds great. For Wayne DeZubak, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.